Good morning, good evening, good afternoon. Welcome to the digitally uploaded podcast, the companion podcast, the digitally downloaded.net. My name is Alan. I'm going to be your host for this podcast. And with me this week, as always, is the editor in chief of the digitally downloaded.net, Matt Sainsbury. How are you? Good. One week, I'm just not going to show up. Yeah, you just won't. And I'll run it, and it will be the worst thing you've ever put on your website. <laughs> Straight Has up. that happened before? Like before I actually we think went it, to like the yeah. four, one month thing, like when it was weekly. Yeah, I think <laughs> I think once I wasn't here and it, I was I was like tuning in afterwards and I'm like, whoa, that's that's. It, I, this I is it, what I happens when there's memory, no direction. It was me, Harvard, Alan, and maybe other Matt. It might have been that way, and there was zero direction because I just refused to provide any direction. That's the sign of a good host, is someone who doesn't provide direction. Um, you heard his voice just then, but it's Trent. Hello, Trent. Hello. I'm also always here. He's also always here. He's a, he's a real ghoul and a gremlin. Matt, what have you been playing this month? Man, I've been playing way too much. <laughs> what have it's you been, been a What's month. Thing? It has been a month. <laughs> it's been so tiring. I'm tired. Yeah, it's been I September. Want sleep. <laughs> I want to sleep. Um, what have I been playing? Well, just this last week, I've been playing Direfield Chronicle, which is sweet. I'm looking forward to getting the review of that one done. Um, I've also been playing uh, White Day, which was really cool. And also been playing Trails from Zero, which was a like a 300-hour RPG, which was good. That was excellent. Good way to use the time. Um, Actually, you know what I've been playing for fun, funsies, pure funsies, and it's just great. Song Pop Party's on the Switch now. What's it's that? It's great. That's a music trivia game thing. It's um, I'm on board with that. It's been on the, the mobiles forever and a day, and for some reason they've decided to put it to Switch, and it's really cool. It's just 10 questions on whatever kind of category of music you like, 80s, 70s, 60s, noughties, rock, R&B, hip-hop. It's got like 60 different categories. And yeah, I don't have a category for Miku though. So no, they don't have a category for Miku, but it's yeah, it's got a huge amount of music on it. It's like ten thousand songs that they. Bloody hell! And uh, yeah, it's just ten questions and four people, and you just keep playing it over and over and over again. It's great. I love so it. So what you're saying is it's a battle royale, but trivia. <laughs> no, it's not battle royale. Thank God, I wouldn't <laughs> play it if it was battle royale. And uh, but oh. no, it's really cool. I, re- I I love it. I really really love it. I love the the fact that I'm always first when it's like a new order music pops on i'm always first nobody's yeah. quicker about new order than me <laughs> right <laughs> that's fair enough i guess <laughs> that's also a game that i would not expect you to be involved in but yeah hell yeah what i like music <laughs> no i know but i i just wouldn't have picked you i wouldn't have picked you for that but i guess the world is full of surprises in that you have to download Song Pop Party, Alan. I'll show you just how much music trivia I like. The thing is, my music trivia knowledge is so niche and stupid that like it's pointless. Like <laughs> I would not be able to answer any question that was not like grunge and exclusively grunge. Like I, grunge. I, I swear to God, I do like I, I absolutely nail the eighties. I'm almost always the, the winner of the eighties category. I do all right in the nineties, and then like, on either direction, decades after that, I, I, I it's kind of a, I fall off a cliff and. I come dead last after that. That's all right. You don't need to know everything about music. Music's pretty shit anyway. <laughs> Just as an entire medium, it's shit. Anyway, I don't want to clarify. I have a degree in music. That's why I'm so 
You're allowed to. to <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to make it not look like I was just being a, a, you know, a piece of shit. Which no, I we're am. all pieces of shit and pessimistic, uh, pessimistic jerks on this podcast. I'm a pessimistic jerk because I like pez. <laughs> Trent, what have you been playing? I've been playing. I've been switching between Splatoon Three, Wayward That's Strand. A game. Yes, it is a game, and uh, Justice Sucks. So they're my free games. I'm currently like OCD, switching between playing like five minutes of playing and then like switching to the other game and then eventually just stopping because i have to do stuff that's fair and what about you alan no not really or a little bit so i'm doing a stream of xenoblade chronicles 3 at the moment with a very good friend of mine and occasionally my girlfriend as well and uh we didn't do it last week but we've done two big sessions and since then i've just been like sort of doing little side questy stuff like grinding making the game as easy as possible and digestible as possible for a stream situation because oh god that game is not easy for a stream situation (laughs) um i think i realized that i made a mistake when there was like a a 25 minute cutscene at like the near the beginning of the game followed by another 20 minute cutscene and i it's great it's a i think it's probably the most uh sound gameplay in a xenoblade game so far of course keeping in mind i'm literally only at the very beginning um like i've only just got access to the whole class swappy thing proper um but i think it's really fun i think it's interesting it means that you're not sort of relying on the blade stuff from two but you're also able to experiment a bit more on like in one way you're sort of stuck um where shulk is just the best like it's clearly the best um but the main thing it's got moss right it does have moss. Moss from IT Crab. Like it he is, literally is just moss. It's it very moss. funny to me. Um, <laughs> Once you see it, you yeah. can't see it. <laughs> so like it's I, insane I, to me. <laughs> I realized that fairly early. I was playing through, and I was like, "Hang on, this is this is like moss." And yeah. dear sir, stroke madam, fire! Exclamation mark. Fire! Exclamation <laughs> mark. Um, yeah, that game's really good. Um, I'm also, I, I'm, I'm everything that you hate, Matt, and I've started playing. A combination of every single battle royale game because it's the only thing that i can sort of play for 15 minutes and then stop and then go away um so rumbleverse which is the wrestling themed one which is weirdly good and then apex i got back into because of course i get back into apex every so often i'm like well this is fun um and then because everyone in the friend group plays fortnite so i'm just jumping on that occasionally and not having the most fun mechanically time and not really enjoying myself all that much but you know it's a social thing so that's fine well, but, um, fine, Alan. If you're going to play those games, I'm going to play the perviest games ever. Uh, go. Do it. <laughs> that does not bother me a single bit. When when you bring them up on the podcast, that bothers me a little bit, but not that much anymore because it's happened enough that I'm numb to it. <laughs> Just like the soundtrack to... No, that wasn't in soundtrack Lincoln Park's Transformers. That's disappointing. Darn. That was New Divide. Anyway, <laughs> we're going to go to some music.
Alrighty, so apparently I've just been informed that there are a lot of games this month. So strap yourselves in, get a big old cup of coffee or a beer or a, a another Both. beer. I don't know. <laughs> or yeah, combine the two and give yourself indigestion. Um, what an interesting yeah. flavor that must be. I have to try yeah. it. a oh, beer coffee. Have you heard about this? There's a there's a messed up cocktail, right? This is a complete divergence, but it's the original cocktail. It's like a beer that you heat up and then put eggs into and then whisk so the eggs don't scramble. And then you add nutmeg. What the actual hell is that? I don't know, but it's like the original cocktail from like the 1700s and apparently it's utter rubbish, which is not surprising given it was made in England. Hey, yeah. That, anyway, if you want slide. to have a beer, uh, coffee, you'd probably use like a dark stout or something like that. Like, you could just have like a coffee stout just in general. Yeah. Like, that's exactly yeah, correct. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying it yeah, doesn't work. I'm just saying it'd be an interesting flavor. I, I, I oh. don't think you're going to go to like the shop and whack a VB in your coffee and be like, yeah, mate. I mean, I would do that for the meme. <laughs> like, that's strong. That does, that's a great idea. That's a TikTok right there. That's how you go viral. <laughs> Walk into a 7-Eleven and say, G'day, mate, can I have the can I have your weakest coffee you have? And they give you the the piss water. And then you add it into the other piss water. It becomes the ultimate piss water. Anyway, Matt, video games. Yes, let's do it. All right, let's start with the PlayStation 5, shall we? Yes. Cool. So first up, we have Alfred Hitchcock Vertigo on October 4. Um, looking forward to that. I'm a big fan of the Hitchcock. <laughs> Just <laughs> the idea of Alfred Hitchcock's like FIFA or something like that. It's like John Madden football, but Alfred Hitchcock's movies. <laughs> yeah, okay. So while Alan loses over there in a minute, um, it's pretty good. I think it's going to be pretty good anyway. It, I don't know. It, it intrigues me. Hitchcock was obviously the, the legend of cinema. So let's see what they can do in taking that and turning it into a game somehow. On October 11, if you like your ice hockeys, you've got an ice hockey to look forward to, NHL 23, which has women in it for the first time, it seems. The cover has a woman on it, I think. I mean, so, so you can play the women's hockey game. Games, hockey games are the same every single year. Um, the only thing that they've done was like the threes stuff. So if, I mean, I'm sure it could be okay. It's a hockey game. It's got money behind it. I still reckon hockey games peaked at the N64 era, <laughs> personally. Mm. No, nah, I'm a big fan of the late PS2 era hockey games where it was still Fair kind enough. of arcadey, but like had enough graphics that everyone didn't look like a blob. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, I, I like the more simple mechanics of the hockey games of old. You know, pass, shoot, knock person over. Um, that was enough for me. And they've got a lot more complex since. But anyway, if you enjoy ice hockey, there you go. You can play mixed men's and women's actually. I don't know how that works, but it does. And that's going to be in NHL 23. If you did not have a Switch or do not have a Switch, you're a bit weird. But anyway, um, No More Heroes 3 comes out on PlayStation 5 on October 11. That is a good what's, game. Yeah. It's going on PlayStation. What? Actually, we'll play that on PlayStation now. There yeah. You yeah. It's coming out on the PlayStation 5. I am probably PlayStation 4 as well. We'll look at that in a second. But um, yeah, I, that's a really good game. It's a lot of fun. It's Gochi Suda at his most nuts which is cool. That's what you want. Um, what else we got? On October 11, we got Asterigos, Curse of the Stars. Don't know what that is, but it oh is... God. <laughs> going to be an RPG, I would bet. And it's going to be... I have no idea what it is. I'm just it's saying it's Probably there. <laughs> just something that exists that will fade into the abyss. 
if you're not into your ice hockeys, then you might be into your golfs. And if you are, then on October 11, you've got BGA Tour 2K23 coming out. I don't mind that series, I must admit. I'm not a big fan of 2K's uh, basketball thing. Way too complex for me. But golf is nice. It's just hit ball. And um, yeah, I like the last one. I'm going to check this one out. Hopefully, they've still got the course creator. That was a pretty cool feature in that one. Um, I'm sure they do. On October 13, we've got the last Ori crew, which I don't really know how to pronounce properly. O-R-I-C-R-U. That coming out. Um, it's a story-driven action RPG. So that immediately has my attention. Don't know anything else about it, but that's enough for, to, to get my attention. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, RPG, I mean. Uh, on October 13 as well, we've got Asterix and Obelix, XXXL, the Ram from Hibernia. Unfortunately, this is not going to be one of those brawlers like the last Asterix and Obelix game, which was just... Yeah, was that game awesome. good? Oh, it was excellent. My brother and I played it through on Christmas. Um, yeah, we, we played the whole thing through in like two sittings and it was just great. Fun, pure, pure fun. If you're like into your that. brawlers. Uh, but this one's not going to be that. I think it's one of those kind of action invention -y Ghana games that that series is but it could still be all right if you like your yeah, asterisks and Obelix. i love how those games are stuck permanently in like 2002 yeah that's nice it's nice yeah. to have that kind of content <laughs> like a mid-budget low tier game yeah you just play good. it and forget it and that's all right yeah you're okay with it they're okay with it everybody's okay with it it's all right not every game has to be kind of memorable <laughs> um yeah on October 13 as well, the Eternal Cylinder finally comes out on PlayStation. Now, I've been looking forward to that since it came out on PC. Been waiting for it. And now it's finally out on console. So the Intel Eternal Cylinder is that really surreal roguelike from Ace Team, the developer of Rock of Ages and Abyss Odyssey yes. and stuff. And this one looks really, really, really interesting. So the reviews for it were pretty good when it came out on PC. So I'm pretty sure i'll enjoy it as well on playstation to be fair they've yet to make a bad game they've consistently made weird stuff that is cool well that's exactly right that's what they're good at that's like the, they're the premier south american developers i think they're out of chile aren't they yes i, I think, think so Chilean. Yeah. yeah if not chile. if it's not chile it's uh, argentina one or the other uh and yeah they've just been around for quite a long time now just churning out this surreal stuff that everybody loves and it's good we need those kinds it's of developers. always it's weird to talk about them because a lot of their games don't always play very well, but I would still heavily recommend trying them out just because they are so unlike anything else that you would encounter. Yeah, exactly. It's in the same way that, like, you know, I, I would encourage everyone to go look at Ice Pick Lodge games. Yeah, that's why you need you need those kinds of developers. Yeah. On uh, on October 14, one day later, St. Cotar comes out. I don't know too much about this, but the, the premise is interesting. St. Kota is a dark psychological adventure set in rural Croatia. I'm already afraid as a Serbian background man. It, it <laughs> recount, it, yeah, they, they, they don't mess around, these people, with their dark psychological stuff. Um, no. It recounts a frightening tale of two godly men on the brink of insanity as they search for a missing woman in an ancient town plagued by devil worship and witchcraft. Oh, I'm so in for this game. Yeah, okay, I'm on board. That sounds yeah, great. That's my Halloween. <laughs> that sounds mental. I love it. <laughs> that's my Halloween game. I'm in for this one. Yep, there we go. On a lighter note, a very different load and lighter note, 
Also on October 14, Nickelodeon Cat Cart Races 3 Slime Speedway comes out. <laughs> that's a that's a hard pivot, that is. Uh it, yeah. <laughs> the last one was all right. You know, you're I never gonna like beat kind Mario. Of the worst Kart. thing ever. <laughs> Sorry? I heard it was kind of the worst thing ever. Nah, it was all right. All right. It was no Garfield. Nothing is Garfield Cart though, because you can't throw lasagna at John. <laughs> that was really good. Uh, game is uh, the fact that's a real game is so amusing to me, but I love it. Oh, no, Again, it's, I... the, oh, it's the just... energy of sorry, it's the energy of going to like a a big W and your mom picking out a game for you while you're like looking at books reading. She's like, "Look, I've got you a gift. It's Garfield cards." And yeah, there are not enough games that are like that anymore. That's exactly how it works. <laughs> On October 18, we've got the a sequel to A Plague Tale. A Plague Tale Requiem comes out. Oh, yeah. I didn't think the first one needed a sequel, but if it does, then I hope it's good, <laughs> you know. It's good on them um, for doing it, you know what I mean? Yeah, they've obviously got a vision, so I'll give them that and I'll give it a go. I really like the first one. I'm just not sure how a sequel fits in, but we'll see. We will see. If you're into Ghostbusters on October 18, you've got Ghostbusters Spirits Unleashed. That'll be fun. Yeah. That's my kind of game. Ghostbusters is pretty reliable fun. If it's not I assume fun, that means some just... movies coming out yet. Is there? has came out. Is I don't there? know. Isn't there meant to be a movie? Ages like ago, the yeah. reboot? They did that ages ago, Trent. Oh, uh, I don't even know what's out, what's not out. I'm <laughs> sure it was it, still coming COVID out. has ruined everyone's concept of time. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So... Um, scrolling through, we got Warhammer 40,000 Shooters Blood and Teeth. I don't know what that is. But... That's an Orcs game, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's an Orcs game. I mean, the Teeth gives it away. Teeth spelled T-E-E-F, so that's yeah. going to be one of those Orcs games. It'll be fine, probably. Probably. Uh, if you haven't played it yet, Persona 5 Royal comes out on PlayStation 5 on October 21. At this point, though... It- who out there who wants to play Persona 5 has not already played it? Yeah, especially on PlayStation, because you can get it on Yeah, exactly. Like, what the, the, the upgrade, I can't imagine the upgrade to PS5 is going to be much. Like, the game was never about that anyway, so... I guess load times, maybe, but even then, they weren't yeah. bad on PS4. No, no, I don't think I don't think there's any reason to, to buy it on PS5 if you've already played it. Uh, and like you're you say, saying, that you don't want to play another 700 hour RPG <laughs> that should have ended at like five hours. Yeah, yeah, I was gonna say, yeah, and and like you say, um, if you're if you've already if you're going to play it, you would have already played it. You know, that's that's the yeah. Case. So, yeah, whatever. Um, on October 21, the new Tales from the Borderlands comes out. Is that an actual new new game? Yeah, it's the uh, it's the new Telltale style game, which will annoy the absolute Christ out of me. Because let's take the worst part of Borderlands, the writing, and make a game about just that. Well, I thought the first, the last Tales of the Borderlands was alright. The Telltale. I could not stand it. I tried it. Oh, really? I hated everyone in it. Yeah, because it was free on PlayStation Plus, so I gave it my all, um, <laughs> and I, I got halfway through the first episode. Hated every single character. Was just like, I don't, I don't care. Okay. Okay. Which is a well, shame because, yeah, you know, I'm sure someone enjoys it. <laughs> yeah, for that someone, there you go, October 21. Yeah. Uh, October 25, Mountain Blade 2 Bannerlord comes out. I'm looking Let's forward go. to this. I'm, all, I'm yes. all in with Mountain Blade. It's good stuff. It's like open world RPG plus building armies and fighting in action, like big battles and stuff. It's good stuff. Good stuff is Mountain Blade. So... 
Yeah. Uh, moving on. Still moving on. Oh, here we go. That's coming out sooner than I thought it was. Lost track of this one. Star Ocean, the Divine Force comes out on October 27. The latest. Can in you the explain Star what Ocean that game series. is? Is that an online game or is that a RPG? Nope. It's an RPG. It's kind of okay. like Square Enix's B tier RPG property. It's been around right, for okay. ages. It's been around since the Super Nintendo, actually. Super Nintendo oh, yeah. or PlayStation, one or the other. Uh, and this is the sixth game in the series. So it kind of peaked with the PlayStation 2, the third one, um, till end of time was absolutely spectacular. And it was it was a RPG that was on two discs. So two full PlayStation 2 discs. And you just imagine how much uh, of an adventure was in that game. It was absolutely massive and it was kind of cross worlds and it was this big universe spanning game. It was really, really good. Uh, and then the PlayStation 3 one was all right. The PlayStation 4 one, which was the last one, did not hit notes well with a lot of people. Uh, so hopefully this new one can restore things. But basically it is kind of a sci-fi RPG series from Square Enix, like a, tr a true, oh, okay. not, not, not gun blades and stuff, actual science fiction, like spaceships and stuff. So mm. yeah, um, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what my expectations were. I will be after the, the PS4 one was, was quite of a, it did land flat, but I'm, I'm hoping <laughs> yeah. I, I will enjoy it a great deal. Cause I have such fond memories of the PS2 one in particular. On October 28, you've got Caron's Staircase. I don't know what that is. In the 1970s, a totalitarian regime known as the Ministry ruled with an iron fist. They committed numerous inhumane and sinister acts during their reign. But those days are over, and now they aspire to the European Union. Okay. So. That's a political game. <laughs> Eastern Europe of the game. Yep. <laughs> That'll go down well. Have you heard of Yugoslavia? <laughs> <laughs> On October 28, you've got Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2. Yippee, yay. That's for me. I'll play that. I won't On play the it same, release, though. <laughs> On the same day comes Dungeon Munchies. That's for me. <laughs> Dungeon Munchies sounds way better. I love me some munchies in my dungeon. That's great. I love how the Call of Duty is going head-to-head -head with Dungeon Munchies. I'm so playing Dungeon Munchies. I want to know who signed off on the release date for that game was like, right, we're going up against Call of Duty? What's Call of Duty? What is that? <laughs> It'll be fine. <laughs> Dungeon munchies. Yeah. It'd be funny if it outsell Call of Duty. I'm going to do my best to make sure it does. Just buy a million copies. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's going to be enough somehow, Alan. <laughs> Moving on yeah, to the PlayStation. You might need to like go into the billions. <laughs> <laughs> PlayStation 4. Let's just quickly run through and see if there's anything unique to that that isn't coming out on PlayStation 5. We not? Oh, yes, there is. Here we go. On October 11, Kamizawa Way of the Thief comes out. That is a stealth ninja action game thing, which looks, I think it is kind of satirical in tone. I don't think it's serious. Uh, it looks all right. Check it out. It's from. It's been published by Nipponichi. So there you go. Um, other than that, it's all the same stuff, really. Coming out on PS5, nothing new, nothing new, nothing new, nothing new. On October 25, just in time for Halloween, you've got Yomawari, Lost in the Dark. That is the third chapter in the Yomawari series. And they are good, surprisingly shocking horror games. They look very cute. 
they look very cute. And then you look at some of the other screenshots and they look a little bit Tim Burton-esque if they, Tim Burton was a kind of anime director. Um, so they still look good. And then you actually play one and it just wallops you in the head with um, okay. some pretty shocking moments. So that's where you're going with that one. Uh, Dungeon Munchies like... is coming. Dungeon Munchies is also coming on the PlayStation Four. Dungeon but Munchies not... is out here, just being the true MVP. And uh, because Call of Duty is not coming out on PlayStation Four, Dungeon Munchies definitely has oh, the, is it not? the advantage there. Yes, it's purely a PS5 game now. Purely a PS5 game. Oh, no, there it is. <laughs> just underneath. It is there a PlayStation yeah, Four game I... as well. I was going to say that is wild given that you can't actually buy a ps5 still <laughs> but anyway so other a couple of titles for the ps4 but it's definitely kind of on the way now that pretty much everything is getting a ps5 release and there aren't many ps4 games left no. time to upgrade or try to find a ps5 if you can borrow one off the back of a truck <laughs> steal one from the back of a truck yeah that's about the only way you get anyone so yeah. switch let's do switch shall we Let's have a look at Switch. I'm still scrolling through the rest of September's releases. As we record oh this, God. it's on the 24th of September, and the Switch still has like a 300 games coming out by, by the end of the month. Uh, We're at October now. What we're talking about, though. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bunny Park comes out next week. That's going to be Ooh. great. Hey, Bunny. Yeah, bunnies. So on the Switch, we've got Let's Sing Abba coming out on October 4th. Alan's definitely going to play that yeah. one. Hell <laughs> yeah. No, unironically, that's the ultimate game to bring out on like a party with people that you don't know well enough, but yet also you know will like ABBA, aka just white people. <laughs> how's your how's your ABBA karaoke there, Trent? Uh, I could probably know some words that might win. I mean, Are I know you the, the dancing queen? I, 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 I can sing dancing queen, maybe. Yeah, and we're gonna and, and do Waterloo. That. We're, and, we're gonna and, do that one podcast. We're gonna rip out the uh, Let's Sing Ever, and we're all just gonna like sing. That's gonna be the podcast. That'll be our best podcast ever. Or the single thing that causes podcast to go off into the abyss and be never seen again. <laughs> Thank you for the, music. One of the two. That's another one. <laughs> um, on October six, Near Automata comes out on Switch. I'm gonna buy it. I'm gonna yeah, buy it. That's just great. Play it on the go. Yep. It's an odd game to have on a portable console, but I'm here for it. Yeah, doesn't it have stuff that kind of relies on you being online? From yeah. Memory? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Like the ending? Yeah. <laughs> like <laughs> the most impactful part of the ending? <laughs> yeah. Don't know how I don't know. Work. Look, To be honest, though, I, I fully believe that Yokotaro has like, put in some bullshit. Yeah, he's definitely going to lean into that somehow. <laughs> and it'll be good. On October you- 7, Chaos Head Noah comes out. Now, this is a visual novel that is particularly well regarded and this is a remake of it it's a classic visual novel that was really really popular and really it's one of the it's one of the ones that regularly appears on people's kind of best visual novels um lists so chaos head noah and chaos child come out as a double pack and they'll be good for people like me on october 7 we've got no man's sky coming out on switch switch how I'm amazed that they're getting that game to run on Switch, given like it didn't run on PS4 when it came out. <laughs> yeah, like it's genuinely very impressive. Good for them. Also, 
like just turning that game around. I know that you liked the original version, but like the rest of the Oh, I know, didn't. I know. Most people did yeah. not. <laughs> so Maybe yes. it's a port of the original game just for Matt. Yeah, that would be nice if they just have like the original version of No Man's Sky. Yeah, it's like how um like a Blizzard are doing like World of Warcraft Origins, whatever the hell it's called. Yeah, and do a do doing... a remake first. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it, it would be for one person, and that's you. <laughs> yeah, exactly, just me. Kamizawa yeah. comes out on on the Switch as well on, on October 11, so I'll probably buy it on that platform just to play it on the go. Everything is better on Switch. Um, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 Expansion Pass Wave 2 comes out. That's a new 15. hero, isn't it? I is will it? probably buy that. Yes, and it then is. It is not touch it. Do you think it'll be like <laughs> one of the other characters from IT Crowd? Yeah, it'll be Jen. <laughs> it'll, it'll be, be Jen. <laughs> And her like her special like ability is to put on some new shoes and crush people. <laughs> Actually, no, no, I want Matt Berry. Fuck it. I want every game to have Matt Berry in it. <laughs> Just put him in there and just get him to yell, Father. <laughs> this is a bit of a divergence, but he's wonderful in what we do in the shadows. Like, truly wonderful. If you've not seen that show and you're listening to this podcast, it's very worth watching. Are you talking about the TV series or the movie? Yeah, the TV series. Uh, I haven't seen the TV series yet. I've, I've watched been. both. They're both comparable, I would say. Oh, well, I really like the movie, so I'll definitely check it out. You'll love the TV show. It It's made me genuinely, like, wheeze cry with laughing. Okay, I'll definitely check it out. On October 13, Atari Mania comes out. This is like a WarioWare take on Atari's back catalogue. <laughs> so, it's a Dynasty Warriors take on Atari games. <laughs> <laughs> I want that now. The Pong paddle. <laughs> oh, watch out. He's going to slap dudes. you around. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is WarioWare. Um, it should be all right, I think. That could be fun. Yeah, it'd be fine. Yeah. I mean, Atari games are boring as hell after two minutes anyway, so it makes sense to make it into a micro games game. Into a micro game that's over in two seconds. <laughs> yeah, literally. Like, oh, I can't wait to play like seven seconds of River Raid and then never again. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the best way to play them. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, October 14, Winter Games 2023 comes out. I don't know. Why not? Cool. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Moving on. Star Trek uh, Prodigy Supernova comes out on. October 14. Uh, Star Trek games have a very hit and miss track record. Yeah. But for some I reason, the, I keep playing them. Do you remember the, the PS, the PS3 like movie tie-in game? Oh the yes. Spot? The one that, the one that kind of tried to be Mass Effect. Yeah. It was the worst thing I've ever played in my life. Yeah. But the <laughs> bridge crew, really... the bridge crew one was really good. It was the best VR. Which was the thing. VR game. Yeah. That was the VR thing where you that actually, the VR one. yeah, you're you kind of, it's, it's a multiplayer game where there's like four of you. And you've all got different roles on the bridge crew. So you've got to listen to the captain and do your bit, but you don't really know what the other people, you know, you can't see what the, the weapons person's doing if you're on the, the navigation controls and all that kind of stuff. And you go through a whole bunch of, it's really, really good. It's kind of very teamwork based. So you want to play with people you actually know rather than randoms, but yeah, yeah, it's great. It's really good. Anyway, I'm hoping that this one is more like that in terms of quality. Less than, awful. Yeah, <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. So we've also got Nickelodeon coming out on Switch. If you're into your NASCAR, that comes out on October 14 on Switch. Who who doesn't like turning left constantly? I was about to be like, if you're into NASCAR, you get your head checked. <laughs> oh. Turn left, turn left, turn left. It's the Zoolander of racing games. <laughs> it's an ambi turner. <laughs> oh no. 
What a movie. Oh, that's, again, I'm really sorry for digressing, but that's a fantastic film. I'm sure it doesn't hold up all that well in terms of No, like, it does. I watched awareness. it the other day and it's still just, it's still just, it's even funnier now because it just comes across as being aware. It was pretty self-aware. So yeah, I think it's, it's got a timeless still best movies. It. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Um, I mean, and everybody's that Thunder. <laughs> yeah. Those two movies combined the most self-aware films I think have ever made in Hollywood. Tropic, Tropic Thunder's got a harder job of it in the future, I think, because people don't get that yeah, kind of satire. People are stupid as hell. People are going to see the blackface <laughs> and think that it's sincere blackface. You just know it's going to happen. And uh... It's mental to me. I love that they also, like, Danny Jr. got a like nomination for, <laughs> for working as the character of being in blackface in a movie directly making fun of that exact idea. So yeah. It's great. Yeah. Where's the Tropic Thunder game? I want to play a Tropic Thunder game. Where <laughs> that would be great. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's one for Trent. And Trent, Marion Rabbids Spark of Hope comes out on October 20. Yes, it's going to be game of the year, guaranteed. You watch it. I'm sure it'll be fun. Yeah. I enjoyed the original. It was good. Yeah. It was good. Because it's going to have Raymond in it as DLC. <laughs> the way that you said that, it's like it doesn't have Raymond in it. <laughs> like, everybody, everybody loves, loves Raymond. Raymond. <laughs> it's Ray Romano. It's the <laughs> mammoth from Ice Age. Just, just, just shows up. Yeah, no it, explanation. It's the sloth as well. The sloth's also there. It's John Leguizamo. <laughs> yeah, he's in everything. He was Luigi. <laughs> Sorry, I just really like John Leguizamo. On uh, on October twenty one. Space Warlord Warlord Organ Trading Simulator. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yep. Yeah, all right. Moving swiftly along. I'll play that. This is the sci-fi body horror market tycoon you didn't know you needed. It's like a, genuinely is a thing about harvesting organs and That's sticking great. them on the market. And wow. Okay. I'm in for that. T Rex. Uh, it's interesting enough that part of my body is like. All right, you want to play show it, me. right? Yeah, <laughs> show me what you're doing. Explain it. You just want to see it in action. It's, it's yeah, okay. That's, on a, October, that's a video game. <laughs> it is. On October 21, Persona 5 Royal comes out on Switch. Now, there's one version of it I could see myself buying, I guess. I don't know if I'll ever actually play I'd it. I'd understand that in the same way I understand if you bought a Vita to play P4. Yeah, having it on the go is nice. Um, having it, yeah, oh... I'll buy it. I don't know if I'll play it because I don't have 272 hours to run through it again, but it'd be nice to have there. It's good to have on Switch. And it's yeah. the start because the Switch is also getting P3 and P4 as well. So, I mean, nice. I would say it's probably more worthwhile to play P3 than it is all of those because P3 has not been available on any console for however many years at this point. Yes, that's true too. Uh, Are they doing, is it P3 portable or is it P3... Um, original. OG, yeah, I don't know. Have no idea. Uh, I'll see it when it comes out. I guess I haven't been across that news. I just saw that it was getting the port. It'd be nice if they put you know, you know Persona One and Two together in like a two pack, and also they do that on the Switch. Or do they do that? On, they did that on PSP, but it wasn't One and Two. It was Persona Two and Persona Two Two. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know, I don't know how it works. Before P3, I, I can't focus on that series. <laughs> yeah, they're very different. The first two Personas games are very, very yeah. different. Uh, Yomawari Lost in the Dark comes out on Switch on October 25 as well, so you can play your horror on the go. Here's a game for me. Brewmaster Beer Brewing Simulator comes out on October 27. 
make your beers. Maybe make be cool. coffee beer. That'd be good. Yeah. It would be Could funny if you could build like the little building. Like it's like it's like a simulation game, like prison architect or something. So you build the brewery and then you put that does low key sound like exactly my thing because i've been playing a bit of the um two point campus recently as well oh how good is that i love that oh what a game i i've been playing with my girlfriend um and it's just the best game to talk through with someone else it's so much fun yeah yeah i I bought it with uh with the the gift voucher that eb sent out for my birthday you know a month ago or two months ago Hmm. however long ago it was now uh and yeah that's what i bought with it and i've loved it it's really great. I do love my... It's a wonderful video game. Yeah. Um, platform uh, Paradigm Paradox comes out on October 27. Too many Ps. Is that a... Rewrite it. Game? <laughs> or is that a RPG? I think it might be an RPG. I love the eternal question of, is it a fighting game or is it an RPG with a game title that doesn't make any sense? Yeah. <laughs> It's one of the two. Which one is it? The Japanese game industry in a nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> what if it's a fighting RPG? Oh, speaking of that, I've been playing Grand Blue as well. That's great. That's pretty good. That's got yeah, RPG stuff. That yeah. is a pretty good fighting game. It's also fighting like basically a JRPG as well. Yeah. yeah. It's a good mix of the it's two. Fun. October 28, Bayonetta 3 finally comes out. That's go. a real game. Finally. I don't believe it, but it's a real game. Yeah. <laughs> finally. Hallelujah. Naked witches. It also has the lady who's just Virgil, and I love that. More games should just have Virgil in them. <laughs> oh, Alan, I've got a game recommendation for you because you like yeah. these kinds of things. Solstice. Solstice. Yep, came out the came out this week. Okay, I'll give it a wheel. I'll give it a week. Cheeky it's a bees. devil. It's a it's a devil devil may cry like um, with a kind of souls like atmosphere in terms of knights and. Stuff. I'm like, just because it has souls in its name doesn't make it a souls like. And then no, like, no, no, no. Souls like, and I'm like, it's, I thought, I thought it was going to be a souls like when I when I downloaded the the code when I was given the code to review it. I thought just from the name it was going to be a souls like, and then a couple of screenshots kind of indicated that as well. But then I started to play it, and I was like, well, hang on, this ain't a souls like. And this is a video game. <laughs> this is this is a video game, and yeah, it's got that kind of dark medieval kind of thing going for it, which is souls ish. But uh, the action is exactly um, Devil May Cry, kind of mixed with Ikaruga. Um, As in like the bullet hell game. Yeah, it's not a bullet, in the sense of, you know how in Ikaruga you've got the kind of the red and the blue, you need to swap between those to hit enemies. Yeah, so that mechanic's actually in this, in a Devil May Cry like thing. So it's a really good... You'll you'll like it. I guarantee it's not. I'm not. This does sound like around. my kind of jam. Actually, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not I'm not shooting you around with this. You actually like that game. It's really neat. So this is the yeah. first time Matt's giving an actual recommendation that isn't a piss take. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, this is this is a genuine. One. I've got a review up on the site if you want to check it out. But yeah, it's it's a genuinely good game, and I think you'll like it. It'll be a good warm up for Bayonetta three. Hell yeah! All right, so we got. Um, quickly going to run through and, and check what people are, I mean, of, of all those games, which ones you're most interested in. We'll start with you, Trent. Well, oh, hang on. No, I know which one you're going to go with. What? What one am I going to pick? It's going to be Mario, isn't it? Mario Rabbids. Yes. yes. Yes, it is. See, I know you, Trent. I know you that well. No one is remotely surprised at this fact. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's going to be good. Yeah, it'll be a great game. Like I, Like I said, it's the only Ubisoft game that I think is actually good. <laughs> and, and, Rayman. 
And with with everybody loves Raymond in it. That's gonna be that's, yeah, that's sold it on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when I saw Deborah was in the game as DLC, <laughs> watch out. And I forget the name of the grandpa, but the dickhead grandpa. Oh, he's he's got a really, really, really fucking special attack. He, he yells at his wife and calls her a whore. It's great. <laughs> Alan, what about you? What are you picking this? Uh, I mean, probably that one that you're talking about. I don't know what it's called, but that one. What? It's already out by this point. It's on, there's a uh, on solstice. The <laughs> yeah, it's, it's on the site. Look, in all honesty, I mean, because the Resident Evil 8 DLC is coming out. I think oh, that is true. That, we didn't mention But that's that, coming yeah. out, and I'll probably play that. That's yeah, that'll be your thing, isn't it? That's, that's also, Callisto thing. as well. Callisto Protocol is coming out as well, isn't it? It's, don't know. I think so. It's not a Toby game, I thought. I didn't see it. Anyway, oh, hang on. That's yeah. a that's an Xbox, isn't it? It might be Xbox, yeah. Yeah, that's an Xbox. So that's why. Oh, uh, okay. Well, yeah, I'll probably yeah. play that. I mean, that's a Dead Space game, and I love Dead Space. I've always loved Dead Space. It's a little baby bitch boy who like, cries and screams very easily. So that's yeah, my stuff. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully that's good for yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? What, what's your main steez for the for the evening? Star Ocean. I'm I'm putting my hopes in it. I'm hoping it's good. Yeah, that's fair enough. I mean, here's the thing: if if it turns out to be terrible, then it's not the end of the world this year because this year has been just jam packed with great RPGs. So I can't. I was going to say because like it's this year has been so heavy on RPGs just in general. Like, that, like even uh, Val- Valkyrie Elysium, which is coming out, you know. Uh, oh, that's that's a game as well. Yeah, God that's coming it. out. That's coming out at the very end of September. So we didn't mention it here, even though yeah, as we recorded, it hasn't come out yet. But I'm looking forward to that, and I'm 99 sure that's going to be really good. That plus Diafield Chronicle, which I'm playing at the moment, means that if Star Ocean just happens to be bad, then it's not the end of the world. But at the same time, I, I would just love for that series to be good again. <laughs> um, yeah, just it's one of those ones I just have a personal attachment to i just hope for it <laughs> hope for the best for it so hope yeah. till the end of time yeah something like that so yeah, yeah that's me
So it has been a very dire, dark time for the game industry in the last week or so as we are recording this. Crimes have been unearthed, footage been stolen, a 17-year-old arrested officially in the UK. Did that happen, um, did it? I missed that. Yeah, officially the FBI and the um, uh, police uh, a arrested a 17-year-old. Yeah, what an idiot. Like, what, what, what did he expect? Weeb. What a great he was also being arrested for weeb. hacking Uber as well. So he's done it before. He's an idiot. Um, but yeah, uh, GTA 5, not 5, oh God. GTA 6 got leaked <laughs> to the public through some Slack channels using two-factor authentication. And it showed off some footage of what is supposedly and now confirmed as being GTA 6. It was a lot. Um, it was a lot of footage, wasn't it? Like it wasn't it was just a like bit. 90 videos. Yeah, it was a good chunk they of upload. footage. It was enough that you could see what the rumors were, like which rumors were accurate and which were not, because there were some things in it that were, you know, true to what was being said. So the two main characters, one being a girl, um, which is a first for GTA, which is insane to me, given it's like a 17 game series. Um, and you know the idea of it being set in Vice City and all that sort of stuff but being you know an, an entertainment industry where people who don't know how games work pretend they know how games work because they played a video game once tends to be um, everyone kicked up a shit fit about how the game looked like shit because it was not looking like Grand Theft Auto 5 when it was yeah. in development and it's so silly, and the whole thing can be really summarized as "shut up, you idiots." Yeah, um, I mean, Trent, <laughs> did you think it looked good? I, you know, it looks good for where it would be. Like, I mean, it's probably going to be like another, you know, three, four, five years. Like, I mean, it's going to be an end of generation game, like guaranteed. Like, it's that, not going to be out next week. Like, <laughs> that, that's a very nuanced opinion for the games industry, Trent. Oh, I mean, it it isn't shit. like <laughs> there we go. That's what I wanted. That's, there we go. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> I mean, like it did look shit, to be fair, but that's because it's not meant for people to see yet, because it's people working in a bloody office in wherever the hell Rockstar is now. It it honestly amazes me how little people understand about how games work. Like this is the thing. This is the thing that um surprised me about this. I mean, I think we all knew that gamers basically don't have a clue about game development given that, you know, previous controversies have included people thinking you just press a button and that turns on multiplayer. But um, yeah, my favorite one is when they do like the online connectivity stuff and they're like, oh, why doesn't this have online? And it's like a game from literally 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah so Alan, you yeah. just download the Unity module, which has like the like multiplayer package and it just does like all the multiplayer. This is true. You can yeah, just like just, press the button that turns on multiplayer. Yeah. So we already knew that people generally did not really understand how video games work but what i did honestly think that was that most people um and when i say most i really do mean most people understood that game development happens in in stages right so you've got the early prototypes and then they slowly build up to what would be the final thing um apparently people don't <laughs> apparently i was giving them too much credit because they expect it to be in a final state in terms of the visuals and stuff um pretty early everything on, needs seems. to be a vertical slice always give me vertical slices it's like i would think also say that this is the fault of the game industry as well like 100 percent is the fault of the, like ubisoft again oh. i'm dunking them this oh. is their fault for doing nonsense like watchdogs 
and also creating, the whole cre- creating that kind of pers- the the visuals like faking trailers yeah as such and i would also then say as well this is the fault of the games industry on a further level for saying that beta is an extra way of saying demo yeah so i think you're, it's, I, it's I, the I language think, that's being stolen basically yeah i think i do think you're onto something there like when people say beta they think it's an early version of the game right but in reality the betas that games companies put out these days are are demos really like yeah say, i'm sorry but no one close to complete product like modern warfare 2 beta in the heaviest inverted commas that i can possibly give you right now it's and not even say, really oh, it's a demo it's a beta. Just like, it's like an that's, early access to the game it's like literally yeah they're not going to change anything in the month that is before release yeah like there's no way that's not the point that it's just to make it seem more technical and more like mainframey and we're going to hack into it and change the beta for the real game when it comes out like that sort of crap it it shits me because literally it is just a it's a language thing and it's people changing the meaning of the words when not everyone understands that that's happening yeah and as an english totally agree with you drives me mental it's so (laughs) silly it's it's corporate it's co-opting the techie elitism yeah yeah absolutely no i i totally agree with you i think that that's that's definitely been a bugbear for me as well it's mostly for me what bugs me is people have this impression that you can actually change stuff in a month more than anything else it's like they put out the beta they say oh we're getting player feedback and all that kind of stuff so people immediately assume that that means that the feedback's going to be there for the day one patch or whatever but that is really not how these things work I mean, a month out Absolutely. from the game, if it's a retail game, the disc is already been printed. <laughs> like the game's actually been shipped, basically a month. It's out. already on the shelves. You just yeah. can't see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the the stock is in the channel. You know, it's in the warehouses. It's going out to retailers and stuff. A month out from release is not nearly the length of time that some people seem to think it is. And the reality is that for big games like that, the beta, the actual beta, happens three years so beforehand like years ago, yeah. <laughs> yeah and it did look like gta 6 and yeah you know that's okay uh, it just it, it honestly I, mean, I i just wonder how these people think these games get made you know like do, do they actually think that somebody sits there and the first thing they do is create the end game character models yeah i love just this idea shoves right? them into the into the thing <laughs> and they look like you know the the hyper realistic fully motion captured things from the first build of the game like is is that what people actually think do they think all the textures are in there like the trees are blowing gracefully in the wind in the first build of the game because that seems to be what people think and they don't seem to realize seem to be the energy of the person who did one one unreal engine high school subject yeah. And they were like, oh, you can just like buy a tree on a shop and you can use the tree. Like, why would you like that's how games work? You just plonk it there, it's done. And I know the I, moment I, that you look at that sort of thing, it's like I can see where you've gone wrong here because that's not how this works. <laughs> those are the same people, bro, which would be complaining about if if like it, the assets looks like they'll bought assets, would be like, these assets look like they're being bought from a game shop. I mean, I would be pretty shocked personally if in like a video game that was, you know, said to be triple A or quadruple A, whatever the hell they're calling it now, if they were all like, oh yeah, we just like bought Unity assets off the store and it's the spider head thing. It was a spider coming in the man's mouth. I would 
be not pleased. <laughs> I would like, have why hard, are you using this? I would have hardcore respect for how based Rockstar would be if they were using Unity assets. I you know what? That, yeah, you're right. That would be based. That would be awesome. If they just made it as like a like a two 2006 PS2 game, I would be so on board with that. Get rid of all the extra <laughs> crap. Just make it a 2006 PS2 game with the worst graphics and frame rate I've ever seen in my life. I will love it. <laughs> I'm on board with it. Um, it, it was like a quite nice thing though, actually though. Um, the developer response to this has drama, been really good. It's really cool because I, I love seeing all that sort of early development stuff, like seeing Horizon Zero Dawn, as much as I don't enjoy Horizon Zero Dawn, seeing their like original low poly model for the big T-Rex dinosaur thing. Well, that's had, cool as hell. I had the same uh, thing about um, The Last of Us, not the world's biggest yeah. fan of The Last of Us, but Nord Dog when put out some early footage of that game. And it's it's actually really good to see, like, because what people don't realize is putting that stuff is out is actually quite a big risk for these companies because there is the chance that people then look at it and, and take it as the kind of final versions or whatever. I know these games are already out, but it, there is still that perception that these companies are trying to create that the stuff they put out is Absolutely. of the end quality all the time. And that's the only thing that you see. That's why they're quite hesitant to put this stuff out. But in you know, support of um, Rockstar, this has been, this has been genuinely good to see. Um, yeah, it's actually made me really interested because now I want to move away because I... Well, the other thing is there's... Games, all, there's, there's, there's and almost I love the, that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. So I was just going to say, there's almost the, the, the positive outcome, if such, if there is a positive outcome for this, is that it may actually encourage people to be a bit more open about the game development process and learn a little bit more about it. Uh, and we may see more of this stuff. Like, more it's actively into the future, which leads. would be good to see. Yeah. I mean, it's, that indie, the cool. indie space has already started to head to, I mean, it always has been, but it's been, the indie space has been a lot more heavier in that but recently, like for the probably for the past year or so, like there's been a lot more, this is where the game is at the moment. I'm just doing these random wireframes and all this other stuff. And then like, you know, the, the game, like, you know, like six months time is starting to look like, you know, something cool. And then, you know, it's posting heaps on Twitter and stuff like that, but it's still very early. And then suddenly it's like, you know, the game's out. Like the indie space has been doing that for probably a few years now, really heavy. And it's really been really cool to see. Yeah. I, I want to see more behind the scenes just in general. I think it's really interesting. I think, you know, it's, it's the equivalent of like watching a Mythbusters episode and it figuring out like how things work. And um, that is so insanely interesting in, my personal opinion and i think one of the coolest ones was actually unpacking i don't know if you guys saw the unpacking uh video yeah where it where stands it, out and then it's like all 3d and stuff they're all that. 3d yeah. objects on a plane that you move around with like a vignette behind it so it's almost like a forced perspective puzzle which is i never would have picked that i would have assumed it was anything but that but that's amazing so well, you know I mean, more of you, that if, would be cool if you look at the 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 film industry, I think the cinema does a pretty good job of giving people an insight into how stuff gets made. Um, if you're interested in that, like everybody knows about how green screens work and all that. And that's because there is quite a lot of um, footage out there. There's quite a lot of you know, stuff out there about the making of and, and all that stuff. So yeah, it'd be nice if the games industry was the, the takeaway from this was that the games industry needs to 
educate people better about how games are made. I think that would be a good thing for everybody. Um, it would stop some stupid opinions, if nothing else. But then, Matt, I mean, that means that I don't they'll think have to be serious about it being art. You know, at the moment, they can be like, oh, well, you know, an AAA game being made is like a product. So, you know, the early access game, you know, it's pretty much the final release because they want everyone to see the products as like, you know, this cool, glossy sort of thing. And, you know, there's no, there's hardly any bugs or anything in those points because essentially it's, you know, the final game and it's like a month or so from release anyway. Like all, all that footage and stuff, you know, especially in the AA space is just basically designed to be like, you know, advertising and, you know, gloss and everything over what the thing is to be like, this is the product. Whereas in the indie space, it's like, you know, we're actually trying hard to make this thing. Mm. Yeah. I, I guess there's a bit more of a, garage band attitude i think in indies where there's less at risk for them to share this stuff you know what i mean yeah. like it's um for an indie to share it and be like quirky and niche and weird like to use an australian developer as an example like uh, grace bruxner the um person who makes the frog detective games they're quite open about development stuff and they're quite clear about things and they show like cute little tidbits about the game and that's really really fun i could not ever imagine Corey balrog or barlog however you say his name i forget I, I get it wrong every time i'm so sorry um i don't see him having like a fun little like screenshot of like a god of war scene before it comes out because oh my god the pr would kick a shit fit off you know what i mean well like, i mean that's not that's again the, the thing that the, the especially for a game that's still in development if people see early versions of it then we just saw from gta how they respond so there is that risk that needs to be managed until they're better educated and like i said if if the takeaway from all of this if the silver lining as such is that the games industry understands that they need to do a better job of educating people about how games are made and they find ways to do that then i would certainly I think we'll all be in a better place. Um, the expectations. Give me more of, bloopers. <laughs> the, the the expectations of consumers would be better um, calibrated, I think, and the understanding of the process will also lead to uh, less. Well, I don't want to say less demanding because gamers are always going to be demanding little shits, but um, less. How can I? How can I even phrase it? Uh, people Ignorant. will be. People would be more open, I guess, to to things um, being slightly different to the expected model as such. So, uh, if if people understand that game development is a creative process and you need to make creative decisions, and sometimes those decisions need to be different to the way every other game is made, and that's okay, then I, I think all of that comes from understanding how games are made. I, I really do. I think the the lack of understanding about how games are made. I think the idea that there's some kind of factory that just kind of churns out games like the cans of soup. I think that is a big part of the problem that this industry has. And I think that the GTA thing is kind of a symptom of that. So hopefully the industry does take something away from this. Um, uh, hopefully that 17 year old spends quite a few years in jail, but um, yeah, I, I just hope that this doesn't just re revert back to the way things were and that people actually take this as a learning experience because i think there was something interesting there that happened that um will be worth 
keeping in mind in the future. Yeah, I mean, it'll be... Or we just keep having influences to startup game publishers. Do you want to talk about that now? Or do you want to move yeah. that to the next section? I've been itching to talk about that now. <laughs> All right. For those of Donkey. you who are not aware, Donkey. Donkey's done a thing. The man who cannot comprehend JRPGs, but yet plays them all. Um, he is starting a publishing channel. And I guess this is my hot take, but if one game comes through that and it wasn't going to come out otherwise, that's a massive success. So good on him for funding games out of his own pocket. I will say this idea that if you play games, you know what good games are and how to make games. That's, that's yeah. very silly. That's, that's the thing. That's, that's the thing, right? So Donkey starting a game publisher is great. I encourage everybody to start game publishers if they want to. He's better than EA. <laughs> Well, it's not even just that. It's just, you know, the more people making games, the more people funding games, the better. That's just... Yeah, but don't uh, YouTubers have that sort of attitude? It's like, oh, this is a game trick to make this, like, like in Mario, it's like the bush is the cloud or whatever. There's an example, like a really stupid example. But you get what I mean. Like, the, and they're like, oh, that's cheating in game design. Like, you know, you can't do that. That's not real game design. Well, I, like, why I, would don't, you... <laughs> I don't think people... I, well, Dunkey, I don't think, understands the game publishing process at all. But one thing... As the publisher, ideally, he doesn't want to be exerting too much creative control over the actual producing of the game anyway. Like, he doesn't want to be kind of hands-on with it. The idea of a publisher is they're there as support. They provide funding to help get the game made. They provide marketing and PR support, which, given Dunkey's channel, is certainly something he can offer. Um, but... And obviously they get paid at the end of it in, in return for the services they provide. But a publisher is not a creative force within a game or they shouldn't be. And when they are... It I don't think he's badly. intending to be, though, going off the video. The video yeah, which was is like good. pretty and clear I, I, that he was hands-off, which is great. And I'm certainly not suggesting that he's going to go hands-on and, and go EA on you know game developers. So that's a good thing. I, I don't have he's any problem John with John Riccatello in disguise. <laughs> my, my, only, my only problem with it is this idea that uh, I... I I have good taste in games, therefore I know how to pick a good game. That that is just complete nonsense. Everybody has good yeah, taste in games I, I because love everybody because actually... everybody plays games that they like to play. Uh, I've got great taste in games. My great taste in games is different to Alan's great taste in games, but Alan has great taste in games. That well, doesn't I would mean not any say I have of good taste in games. I have trash. <laughs> I love goblin trash. I fucking suck. <laughs> no, what but, I'm, but what I'm saying is like you like the games you like, and that's great. Yeah. And everybody has their own taste in games. And Dunkey, yeah, has issues with the JRPG genre which I don't have and don't share, but that doesn't mean either of us has an invalid opinion about games. The idea that that translates into, translates into the ability to find and publish games that are going to be commercially successful and critically successful is just insane. It doesn't yeah, work I, like that. It does it not work like chuckle. that at all. Because he was talking about like how the- he knows good games and then he just showed games that were like, you know critically lauded as being some of the best indie games in the last 10 years it's like Top 10 cuphead hollow knight <laughs> uh uh celeste these games would never have made it without me making videos about them and it's like i think they're just good games regardless of that so and the other thing i, I just the other feel thing like is... his vibe's gonna be going forwards so maybe he's gonna go towards like you know a game cock kind of thing just doing stupid stunts like just to publish these games for like marketing is he like, gonna make um... is he gonna make like parents like newborn parents name their child turok <laughs> <laughs> 
that's well, a, win that's a copy a of the game. Name your cut kid after the game. <laughs> the mm. other the other thing that's going to be really amusing when uh, Dunkey's going to get his crash course in game publishing trying to do this. Uh, games that end up being good aren't necessarily good at the, at the early stages. Uh, understanding the creative vision behind a game is actually not that easy because what you see in front of you is not what the final product will be. And yeah, absolutely. having seen this myself, having worked in a game company, um, things look shit. <laughs> things yeah. look absolutely shit. <laughs> Often right up until the last moment. Um, and you're like, guys, this game's out in like six months. Uh, it, it's, it's not good. And they're like, oh, it's going to be good. And I love this logic as well that video game development is not just like a colossal, like just disaster all the way through, like because it is, and because it's a combination of every single possible technical and artistic vision. You know what I mean? Like it's everything. It's art, like visual art. It's music. It's computing. It's writing. It's music. It's everything, and it's an absolute nightmare. And yet, sometimes they're good. <laughs> well, it's just these things take time to to finish, and the the complete product is only the complete product right at the end. Until then, um, and you know, these days, you know, <laughs> games get released before they're finalized, and they need to be patched afterwards. But you, seeing a vision for for the game, seeing what the developers are going to make isn't very easy at all it is actually very difficult and i don't think that... i don't think that donkey has there's no proof that donkey understands that that he's going to be able to look at a game in a very early prototype and say i see what this game is going to be at the end that is something entirely different all he's seen is final products all he's ever seen is kind of the complete game and i can yeah. guarantee you cuphead looked like shit when the developers would have pitched it to a person like Donkey because this these publishing deals have to come in quite early on, um, yeah. and that's why you know publishers sometimes publish bad games and people are like well why have you published this game? Well because the vision at the start was actually quite strong it's just they haven't been able to execute on it, so um, I, I don't there's just no proof I mean I hope that he's successful at it I really do I hope that he, yeah ends up being a very successful publisher and makes a lot of money, sells out to EA, and then his company gets crushed. I really do, because that'd be great for him. That's, <laughs> Matt. that's kind of the dream. With, that's kind of the dream with this industry, isn't it? It's like you create this company and it does really well, and then EA or Activision buys it and then crushes you. That's what happens. Um, but you've made your billions by that point, and that's cool. I hope yeah, it's good for I hope it works for him. I just don't I think... see that his attitude, his persona, and his idea mm. about what games are is going to make him a good publisher. I just don't see it. I think the thing that annoys me the most about this is the implicit sort of suggestion that people go out there to make shit games. Yeah. Like it, it's this idea that oh, people who are pitching a game, they're planning to make a shit game, not a good game. Every game starts from a, a point of, I want to make something fun because that's what games are, you know, or I want to make something interesting or worthwhile playing. Cause I'm going to adapt that because pathologic exists. Um, and the pitch for this company just came across like, 
if a game's bad, I'll know it's bad because they'll be bad. And uh, that doesn't work. That does not work like that. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, of course, it, the thing that bothers me about all of this is, again, it's going to convince people that this stuff is easy. Like the video game industry is easy. Donkey's just going to throw money at the stuff it's going to publish. If he does happen to be successful with it, then all you're going to have a whole legion of gamers out there that are absolutely convinced that just being able to spot a good game is is kind of that easy. Um, yeah, I'm, there is a potential no that <laughs> there there is there is a potential there that you know this this initiative by this guy because he has some truly rancid followers. This initiative by this guy is going to to do to kind of reinforce a lot of the stuff that caused people to react the way they did to GTA Six. You know. Um, he is an influencer and as such, he's kind of a, a fundamentally a, a disinformation machine within the games industry. And I don't think he's, I don't think he's been particularly responsible about how he's doing things. Um, and, you know, as much as we like to say games, video games is an entertainment medium. It's all about games being fun and all that kind of stuff. Um, it's also a serious business, <laughs> you know, which yeah, means it's, it's anything money. which goes well I mean, is going to be copied by you know Ubisoft or EA or something like that. So even if you know directly they're not going to be involved with pu- you know publishing what we're going to publish sort of thing, there's going to be probably some kind of face of like the publishing arm, which is like some sort of like influencer, which is like yeah, I've picked all these games we're publishing this year, and they're going to be great because I know great games. Like you know, you just know that like the AAA companies are going to do that if this goes well and it's just going to continue to you know it, that what they're going to publish is going to be a lot less creative and interesting because they're going to be like whatever's popular at the time just to be like yeah we're doing something yeah it's all just marketing shit <laughs> it's a joy isn't it i love video games i like when video games are fun anyway Doesn't after happen. saying that i probably can't pitch my game at donkey can i Nah, what's your I, game? No, pitch no, pitch it to me. I'm Donkey. Pretend I'm Donkey. Pitch your game to me. No, I'm just thinking if he see, I mean, he's not going to see my podcast, so I can pitch my game to him. He can give me a the game is called cool Dunk on Donkey. It's like a toilet <laughs> game. You press the flusher and it dunks. It's a JRPG. <laughs> it's a JRPG. Imagine somebody's going to have the balls to pitch a JRPG to Donkey. And I hope he so, publishes it. My video game is Xenoblade Chronicles Three Two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah he didn't like it did he he didn't much like no, it he hate, but he hates games that are good so it's fine he liked Mario Odyssey which is wrong so
So one of the big game releases recently um, is actually an indie game that no one expected, no one knew about, and was made by basically one person. Um, it is a trombone game that I forget the name of, but I'm going to call it the trombone game. <laughs> what is the trombone game called? I should look this up. Trombone, trombone champ. Yeah, trombone champ. It. There we go. By typing um, in trombone game, it came up with the name trombone champ. Yeah, it basically is a, it's guitar hero, but with the trombone and a bit messed up. And I'm so here for that because more games need to incorporate weird classical instruments. And it looks and like it's got Nintendo's um, me. It has, yeah, it looks like Wii Music. Yeah. <laughs> Which is but not good. a good thing. <laughs> That's concerning. However, I'm here for it because it's been taking the world by storm. And I guess it sort of got me thinking about a lot of music games just in general and how a lot of them tend to steer away from actually replicating the experience of playing an instrument. Um, because there was a period in time around the Guitar Hero era of video games where it was literally the main important thing, but now it's not so much. Now a lot of rhythm games are more Theat Rhythm style or Miku style, where it's more about button presses and you know timing with that. Um, you know why so I reckon I guess, that is? Why? I have a theory about this, and I've actually thought about this before the podcast. Um, yeah, I thought about it in quite length, uh, in quite depth, because it kind of also applies to why I think we haven't had any kind of dancing games as such. And it's the th actually with a rhythm game, right? The, the way that scoring works or the way that they have to be designed is you have to be kind of almost a metronome in terms of being, you know, exactly on the beat, right? You have to be hit the, hit the note at exactly the right moment to get the good score. Right. But you don't quite play music that way. Because music's a more uh, kind of creative process, right? It does depend on the genre. If you're doing classical, you have to play it perfect. Otherwise, even you with, are even seen within, as wrong. <laughs> even within that, there are there are variations to how you you know play the music, right? The way that you perform the music has variations, not necessarily with the timing, but you know the 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 emphasis um, on, on the way that you play the instrument varies. That's why you have good musicians are, you know, are not just people that have memorized the music. Lots of people can memorize the music. Um, a good musician is the way that you perform the music. And that is something that video games can't recreate very effectively uh, in, in most cases. So I think that's kind of the fundamental reason that nobody, well, not so many people try to recreate the experience of playing an instrument anymore because that can't you can't really put that into a video game in a way that feels truly authentic that's my theory anyway I mean, it makes sense i guess yeah I, I i figure that also people don't want to play something that's hard and if you're playing a game you probably don't want to overcomplicate it i guess that's why guitar hero was so successful because it replicated the energy of playing guitar but without having to actually go through the process of learning bar chords, learning finger positions, learning, you know, how like music works, I guess. Well, there and, is certainly that too, that like learning an instrument, you don't do that over the course of a tutorial. <laughs> you kind of, no. Uh, it, it takes a little bit longer than that to learn how to play a musical instrument. So um, yeah, a, a rhythm game that tries to, there was one, wasn't there? There was like, Rocksmith, yeah. Created, yeah, Ubisoft created one. Rocksmith is more of a teaching game. It's not really a game. 
yeah hardcore teaching it's game and closer to like type quick on yeah. like the pc for teaching typing but for guitar which is again that's a fantastic vehicle to do that with you know See, i want I more stuff cool. like that i i want i'm really down for like Alumi, but it's never released in australia you can get it in the uk you can get it in like america but you can't ship it to australia and then like all the rights for like music and stuff like that makes it hard to like get access mm. to the app so it's not worth importing but i'm down for having like like buying something like cheap and plasticky but it has lights on it or something like that just so i can actually play an actual real instrument but have like some link it up to like a console or something for it to be gamified to like you know learn actual real music yeah it's the hard thing though because um i guess that's when i was a kid at least the issue that i faced a lot with any sort of rhythm game or music game was buying the peripherals and because they were expensive I, I don't know if you guys remember but when guitar hero world tour came out and it had the drum set it had the microphone it had the guitar like it's a lot of money back in the day it was like 150 australian dollars and literally like the one rich kid in my class had it and that was it because it was just not approachable for anyone else like monetarily um which I guess then is then leading back into Matt's thing of, you know, that's why I guess a lot of rhythm games then became button based or touchscreen based because they were more approachable. More people had them and having things like tap tap revenge on the iPhone in, in 2009 was more approachable for most people than buying a PlayStation and buying guitar hero and buying the controllers and buying the drum kit. That's bigger than my entire bedroom. Like, and I mean, you know, I think, I think the point of rhythm games is really to, to celebrate the music more than the act of playing music, right? Um, mm. With very few exceptions, but the, the the theatrhythm, which we mentioned earlier, they, they announced a new one of that one, and it's going to have, what's it's, it's something you've seen, like 500 tracks of music or something? That's mental it? to me, but yeah. also fully believable, because, like, Jesus, they've got a bloody good set to pick well it, yeah it's it's final fantasy music so of course they need to have like all the songs in there because people love that music and it doesn't matter whether it feels like you're playing an instrument or not to play that game it's more about like i said celebrating the music you know tapping along to to good king mog rather than feeling like you're doing a performance of course to good king mog. i brought it up <laughs> i got it i got it in there he's done it um but yeah but oh. yeah tap, tap, tapping along to it and enjoying the music rather than feeling like you're doing a performance of it is kind of the point i think of most rhythm games um beyond that i i, I do think that video games would be a great way for teaching people how to play music uh and yeah. i mean rocksmith is apparently quite good i also don't think that it's necessary personally most of the time just because if you're going to learn an instrument your personal drive should be enough to carry you through the first six months where you suck. <laughs> like, yes and it, yes and it, yes and no. Um, I think a lot of people do better when they have kind of structure about how they do stuff. I know I do. Um, if I want to learn something, I go kind of all in with learning it. But teaching myself doesn't work so well as having some kind of assistance there. That's why like, I still stuck at violin. Like when I was like actually doing lessons, like even though I didn't practice, like I was actually like learning. 
Yeah. <laughs> Even though I didn't actually practice the story of most kids doing music instruments. Like when yeah, I when pretty I pretty much. <laughs> and also me in university for my first two like, years. When when I learned um when I learned Japanese, I mean having Duolingo there was certainly useful. It wasn't entirely necessary as such. I could have taught myself in other ways. Um I mean, I did a university subject in Japanese and got told that I should stop because it was going to be very, very hard. And they were right and I should have stopped. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, having having that kind of structure, having a Duolingo as such for, for music would be uh, a, a useful way of gamifying the, the learning process. I don't know how many instruments you could teach that way. Percussions, for sure. Uh, drums, percussion. Drums, piano, that'd be fine, but... Learning the flute, flute might be a little bit hard. God. <laughs> through, a, yeah. through a rhythm God. game. I, um, I'm not being funny. I cannot imagine a single worse thing than having to learn a flute through an online video or a game or anything like that. It just would not work. You would be I in feel hell. like you could have done the violin with like the Wii modes and like the nunchuck. And like have the like nunchuck it... as like the point the string, but like the remote you'd then like have over the top of the nunchuck, like for like the bow. I feel like you could probably do it if you had an extra peripheral that the nunchuck plugged into and that would then react to. You know what I mean? Like if it was, like if you held the nunchuck in a different way, it was like in a plastic case or something that had your neck going into the regular rest position. That'd be fine, I think. Yeah. Maybe. Or you had another Wiimote and then you put the Wiimote in the other one and then so you have two. And then do the thing like, where you need like seven different Wii remotes for a single yeah, game. Yeah, and then it'll be like yeah. motion control. So it'll be like all about balance and stuff based off like how you're holding like the plastic peripheral. And then, I mean, so we, then we that comes played, into play. We all played Wii music, right? At some point. That was good fun. I enjoyed it. Oh, it was rubbish. It made me so angry. <laughs> it was good fun. No, I, I don't know how you can look at that game and not be just like, this sucks. This no, is no, the same you... thing as going to like a, a baby's marimba and just slapping the the keys on it and being like make noise okay i've got i've got an amusing little story i guess about we music you know how you could record kind of your performances right and you could watch them back oh god okay yeah so (laughs) we were looking through it because my brother owned the copy it wasn't you know uh, myself and my friend were looking through it and uh we're looking at some of the you know the videos that he'd recorded and there was this one of him doing a piano solo on the song and he was doing it absolutely perfect like he was hitting the beat and getting the timing absolutely perfect. And it was pretty, pretty, pretty impressive actually. And then he got to the end of it and it was all just like the most beautifully controlled performance of this Wii music thing as possible. And then just at the end, when the music stops before it kind of fades to black and you can kind of just bash around, then he just started to bash the, the, the piano. And it, it was just like, yeah, he's just letting loose now. It was, it, it had moments, the Wii music. It had moments. It's the game that, it had you moments. Once and then never it, was again. A, it was a fun little toy. Like that's what it was. It was a it was a quirky. Yeah, it was a little toy piano. Program. It wasn't an actual piano. It wasn't you know even I mean? that. It was just it was just a toy. Like it, it was I don't know, it was just a really creative little project. Playing around with sound. It wasn't really a, a I don't know what people had in mind about what it was going to be. But it wasn't that. <laughs> that's that's no, the thing. I, I don't think they that's even the knew thing. how to market it. To be fair, <laughs> that's the thing. It was like I, I just don't know if people. Had, it didn't meet people's expectations because I don't think it was anything you could possibly expect. It's probably Nintendo's most creative game, like in a long time, before and after. Just pure it's its biggest 
<laughs> its biggest failure as a result of that. Yeah, possibly. Because it did not sell well at all. But but we are talking about you know a creative industry. The games industry is an artistic industry and all that. And I genuinely think Wii music is a is a work of art. It doesn't necessarily work for people, a lot of people, and it didn't sell particularly well and it didn't get great reviews, but it was what I'd like to see in the games industry is more of that kind of unfiltered creativity and just purely experimental projects. It's just they don't have stuff. to work. They don't have to always work. <laughs> they don't yeah. have to always work. If if it, if everything in art had to work all the time, we're not we're we're creating you know a factory lineup of soup cans. We're not creating art. And that's I, I just think that's what we should be encouraging more of stuff like Wii music. Yeah, I feel like the E three hurt Wii music the most. Like having that as like showing yeah. it off, doing the orchestra thing. Everyone's just like, what is this? Why is it taking up the whole presentation? And then it that did just look ruined rubbish. the game. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm just hoping that there is a trend towards more music games that are coming out. I want to see more flute games. Xenoblade 3 is a flute game, and that makes me very happy. But I want more. I want more weird instruments. I want an accordion game where you have to do something with the two sticks to squeeze in and squeeze out. And then your fingers on the triggers control buttons or something like that. I would love that. That's my jam. More stuff needs to be done like that. And the, um, I, I would like to see more in- game is. I'd like to it. see, I'd like to see more games kind of also do something to preserve kind of world instruments. So, yeah, you know, instruments that, that people don't know much about. Um, and give them a chance to, to kind of experience them because give me an Indonesian gamelan game. Well, let's face it. If you're going to try and find one of those, it's going to be very expensive and yeah, you're not going to be able to create any sound with it anyway. <laughs> um, so, you know, give people a chance to, to mess with one digitally and yeah. just at least experience what it sounds like and looks like. Be what VR like. does in the future in all honesty. Yeah. So those kinds of things would be good. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff with the 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 rhythm game or the music game space that could be untapped. I think it's probably one of the most conservative genres in the sense that there's there's a formula that kind of works, right? So press button in time win with with music, yeah. And yeah. I don't think that needs to be where it's limited to. Um, I think there's a lot of stuff that could be happening with rhythm games that I think it's an, it's a relatively easy genre to make in the sense that it's kind of the, the formats there. So you just get music, right. And you create the, the, the note maps and you create the interface. And if you've done a good job with all of those things then you've got a game that people are going to enjoy and that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that, but at the same time, the ease of which you can do that means that there is an encouragement there. There is not encouragement there to, to play around and, and try different things. So I would really like to see more from the music industry or for the music game industry. I'd like to see more creativity, more experimentation. That trombone game is a neat touch and uh, certainly quirky, but yeah, I, I just like to see different things tried. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's hard to score as well and hard to like have a meaningful success metric with music as well. 
like as you say it's obviously a it's an art form there's no like right or wrong necessarily although some people will tell you there's a right and wrong and i think they're idiots um and it, it's it's very difficult to i guess have that understanding and then also try to make a video game out of it at the same time and i think the reason i like trombone champ so much is because it does allow you to play wrong notes because uh, one of the <laughs> One of the things that I think is really defining for a lot of music students, at least, is the realization that a note play, a wrong note played at the right time is still in time. You're still doing it. But a wrong note played at the wrong time is it's bad. And then a wrong note played at the right time is fine. Like It's, it's that idea that it's about rhythm about that sort of pulse and that feeling to it. And trombone champ is the first one that I've seen to actually incorporate elements of that and to use it for, in this case, comedy, because it is inherently funny to hear like a, like a trombone toot when it's not meant to be there. And when it's, you know, take me out to the ball game, that's hilarious. And it's been funny for me since I was a little kid, because you hear trombones in like, that's a great instrument. I love that. <laughs> um, but the, they don't a lot of these games don't embrace mistakes as much as they should i because yeah, if you I, make I, a mistake in guitar hero it's like a sound whereas if you make a mistake on a guitar it's usually like a bleh, like i've played the wrong note but embrace that and run with that and i like that i i'd just like to see more games try and do something about the performance side of music more Rather dressing than, up in performance blacks and hating no, yourself no, 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 and then no, having no, a coffee of, beforehand. <laughs> not in terms of the the, the the aesthetics, but more in terms of trying to capture what it is like to have texture in performing music in whatever way, whether it's playing music or also the kind of the the dance games as such, you know, um, where instead of just stomping down on a mat at certain times or waggling your remote in just dance in time with the music I, I would really like for games to to recognize that music is textured and that there's yeah. nuance in performance and there is interpretation in how you hear the music how you feel the music how you respond to the music and finding some way to to reward players that perform music as opposed to just kind of hit the the metronome beats that would be nice uh, for me just add vibrato to everything. Rather, rather than have, you, <laughs> yes. rather, ra rather than challenge you on how good you can be as kind of a, a metronome timer, it'd be nice to have some kind of effort to um, encourage people to to play music. And really, that's yeah. what we, we we music was doing, whether it's successful or not, or it wasn't successful. But that's what it was actually trying to do. It wasn't trying to be a rhythm game. It was trying to encourage you to play music. And I would like to see more efforts of that. For some reason during Matt's rant, I just sort of like zoned out. And then I was like, what about a musical game where it's like, you're like a stagehand for a musical. And then you have to like, it's like a life sim as well. So you go to work, which is the musical. And then you like move things and props and stuff around and do the lighting one day or whatever. Like you do jobs and one of the jobs is doing the lighting or the next day you're doing another job, which is like, you know, doing music or something like that. But it's like a life sim or something. That would be fun. There's potential in that as like a, a two-point campus style game. Like two-point theatre. Two-point theatre. Hire me. <laughs> <laughs> two-point two theatre. <laughs> oh, 
like genuinely if like manage different like, no, but things that are happening in your theater. That'd be pretty yeah. that'd be pretty hard because yeah. you just go bankrupt every single time. <laughs> yeah, you well, put on a, a single student work. show and you'd be like, why did I do that? I've lost a million pounds. <laughs> like, <laughs> so there's no way to, there's no way to be profitable. <laughs> you just it's it's hard mode constantly. You got yeah. back 70% of uh, of a money you spent. That's, that's a pretty good performance. I'd say that, that's, that's a, that's, that's that's a sellout. That's a <laughs> that's sellout. Well that is. <laughs> yeah.